FM. Get ready to tap into the minds of the founding fathers of SEO. Rocket, rocket to the next generation of search engine optimization 3.0 with traffic that will put your website into a head-on collision. Decades of combined SEO expertise give their take on the world of SEO. Now, here are the princes of PageRank, the heroes of HTML, the sultans of search, the SEO, SEO rock stars. All right, everyone. Welcome to SEO Rockstars on cranberryradio.fm. It's so cool to be able to say that now. Actually, cranberry.fm or cranberry radio, Chris. Thank you. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, you know, I'm still learning here, obviously. We're SEO rock stars. We're unfortunately not often brand uh, pickup rock stars really quick. So we'll get it right eventually. But this is Chris Boggs. I'm the founder of Web Traffic Advisors, and I'm joined by Frank Watson. Greetings, Mr. Watson. How's it going, mate? Uh, it's good to be finally live on cranberry.fm. Cranberry.fm, and that is Cranberry Radio. Uh, I have it written right here, right in front of me. And it's, it's uh, you know, uh, we loved webmasterradio.fm, but uh, I think that this has been a great evolution. And now we're on to our second week under the new banner. So let's get right into some topics. We got uh, a lot of good topics to cover today, and we sort of split them up into uh, three sections. First, we're going to cover a SERP weather report, uh, what's going on in the search engine results pages. Then we're going to dig into some SEO stuff after a word from our sponsors. And then we're going to get into some nerdy SEO stuff at the end. So starting with a quick one, which is really more related to AdWords, but obviously very um, important for us that are try- now as SEOs trying to fight for as much space as possible – AdWords expanded headlines are now live. Now, uh, AdWords has been for a little while. You've been able to pull up the first line of the description into the headline, and it's actually proved to be a pretty useful tool for those of you running paid search campaigns and that are leveraging a call to action in your first description line. It can be pulled up into the headline. This will obviously affect click-through rate positively. This is why Google's implemented it into their paid search. Frank, Tell us some more about this and how else it can maybe quickly affect uh, SEO. Well, I mean, the biggest part about it is it's it's the length of it. <clears throat> In the past, you know, the 25-character limit, et cetera, made the ads stand out more distinctly as ads. I think now they're, uh, they're just going to blur a little bit more the line between ad and uh, organic results. You know, there are elements you can pull in calls to action and this, that, and the other, but just based on the appearance of them, that's the one thing. Even though you got the little yellow box there that's saying it's an ad, um, you know, and we've, we've got a couple of references in later articles about this, but yeah, I think it's the, just the look is different now. Well, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because we can jump ahead to a quick topic. Uh, there was recently an article that I somehow uh, messed the link up on, so I have to pick it back up. But at Search Engine Watch, uh, amongst other places that covered it, that uh, currently uh, f- uh, a lot of adults don't recognize the ads, right? And so uh, that's something that as SEOs and 
um, as the FTC has been involved over the years, uh, it's an important subject. So uh, does this mean when these kind of articles come up that uh, the FTC is going to suddenly become more nosy about uh, paid search? And, and is that maybe some a glimmer of hope for SEOs or is it just only <laughs> bad, badness? It's an interesting angle, you know, the fact that, yeah, and, and it's always been there. It, it's surprising. I mean, we work in the space, so we know what we're looking at, et cetera. But it's people have always, the average person, I've, it's been to me more than 50%, which is what's being claimed in the article over at Search Engine Watch, that about half the people think that you know, they can't tell the difference between a paid ad or the organic listing, even though the little yellow box is there that says ad. Yeah, they're sort of oblivious to that. And, yeah, I think there's the possibility of the FTC. I think that's part of the reason why Google implemented the little ad uh, box. Well, it's funny. And this article actually touches on, um, you know, loops back to our topic because it looks to me like in this article at Search Engine Watch, that's an example of the expanded uh, uh, ad unit as well that's at the top. So, I mean, there's three lines of stuff there. Now, some of that could be um, extensions at play. Uh, and then there's obviously the uh, inline site links that are coming through AdWords as well. But that's four lines, a really long headline. I mean, that's dominating, um, you know, the, the eyeballs, I would suggest. And who's going to see that little tiny ad sign then? <laughs> and, you know, uh, but anyway. Yeah, it's just a matter of, you know, the landscape and the fact that, you know, you get the prime spot. It almost reminds me of the days when you could buy the banner above the search results over at uh, Ask Jeeves. Yes, you can You can dominate. Now, if only maybe someday you could buy the knowledge graph or a nice, chunky, beautiful portion of it. Uh, I'm sure that that could come down the line, especially if you want to maybe comp- uh, appear as a user's also searched for, uh, for one of your competitor's type of keywords. But anyway, uh, we digress a little. The point that you made, Frank, I do agree with is that it's going to uh, sort of de- uh, decouple the difference or the, the obvious difference that has existed in the past with between ads and and um, organic units, part of which has been, you know, we're used to seeing up to 70 characters, 68 characters, 69 characters in the titles of an organic unit, and that makes it look like an organic unit to us, right? So, um, yeah. as I mentioned, they've been pooling in the uh, up to 35-character uh, first line of the description to already augment that 25-character uh, headline uh, title um, already. I mean, if you're, you know, when you're working in, in AdWords over the last probably close to a year, uh, they've been elevating that, right? And you can even get an exclamation point in there and everything. So uh, this is definitely an assault on SEO listings in terms of, um, you know, more ammunition uh, for the advertisers that are out there that know what they're doing and that they know the trigger words uh, that are leading to conversions. So they're putting, you know, on top of the fact that Google has now put four up to f- usually four for any competitive term ad units at the top of the left side uh, and pushed pretty much the organic below the fold for a lot of people. Uh, now you're going to compete with uh, an even more powerful and compelling ad unit. So I think that pretty much says it. It's uh, kind of dire news from an SEO perspective. Uh, we can move along to Google adding new instant content feature in the search results. 
Uh, this is from the SEM Post. Uh, Jennifer Slager, our good friend over there, uh, posted this on April 29th. Um, Google's launched a new feature where Google will publish content directly within their search results um, as part of instant content. You want to talk to this? Uh, uh, yeah, this we've already seen this in the Twitter carousel to me, but uh, go ahead. Yeah. See, I mean, it's part that it's, it, it's a part of a whole bunch of things that are going on. And I think part of it is uh, it's sort of like a synergy of desktop and mobile. They, you know, Google really has been playing with increasing the size and the use of the carousel. The carousel seemed to have been lost for a while uh, in desktop searches for various things, but they've really adopted and Maybe they were beta testing it on desktop so that they could make it more uh, efficient for mobile. And this ability is going to be phenomenal. I've actually uh, have one of my clients that uh, I just put in for this for them. Uh, you know, it's basically celebrity level uh, major businesses and it's, it's only in beta, but you're going to be able to, it's sort of like what Facebook just rolled out with their live streaming type of option. This, this one's, you're going to be able to put stuff in live. Okay, but what I'm wondering is because you can really already do this, right? If you have your Twitter carousel, if you're a good enough brand and you spend you know enough time in Twitter that Google's given you that. And, and often I've seen those come up. They, now that the carousel's in play, it's amazing how much more often Twitter's above the Wikipedia entry or another commonly second place result for a brand search. Um, so where is this specific one going to be located on the SERP, Frank? It's going to be pretty high, and if because so, do you think it'll be universal and that it'll move up and down, kind of, or or is this going to be on the right? Uh, it doesn't. Um, it says how it appears in the search results, but it doesn't show us the whole page here. So I'm not sure. Um, I guess in a mobile unit, it'll obviously take over the page, but on a, on a desktop, I'm curious. Yeah, well, I think it, it's it's almost a variation. It's a combination of like you were saying. It's a combination of the Twitter box. It's combination slightly of the carousel because of the ability you know as it appears because i haven't been able to replicate it myself uh, and yeah with the the little arrows to be able to flip through and then you've got the ability to just go in the case of the jimmy kimmel one you know more where you're specifically drilling down as opposed to possibly a search for jimmy kimmel now you're going to the jimmy kimmel live and, and they're going to do like an extended results from that particular website. Okay. So, yeah. So, this, so I wonder if this is essentially going to use the Google Plus platform or technology that's already integrated. It looks like it essentially. Uh, and, and it is an answer really to the Twitter uh, freebie, right? I mean, a brand right now can be very direct and very real time uh, within the search results by simply tweeting something as long as they have their carousel live. So, uh, it's another great topic, Frank. You got some great ones. Let's knock out a couple more before our first break, as we're talking about the SERP weather. Uh, Google brings back in-depth articles uh, after a 17-day outage. So uh, those uh, deeper articles that you'll sometimes find towards the bottom of the page, they for a while were uh, s separated by a light line, uh, but they're often from uh, a few trusted sources. Frank, tell us about this uh, quickly. Yeah, uh, I mean, basically, and it's been interesting because with some of the people I've talked to and some of the stuff I've read, they were wondering if it was just Google 
doing some form of testing of it in and out, as opposed to because you know at the beginning of April everyone was talking about okay, in-depth particles are gone. You know, Mars had a thing about it. People were searching for them. They would it was done. They were they were off the radar. And everyone concluded that, okay, it's something that Google's just taking away. And I don't remember whether John Mueller or any of the Google spokesperson people came forward and said, yes, they weren't using it anymore. But there was a lot of speculation. And then within three weeks and less than three weeks and 17 days, now they're back again. Yeah, so- April 26 was when this was uh, published at Search Engine Land by Barry Schwartz. Uh, I forgot to introduce that with the topic, sorry, uh, Barry. <laughs> but we talk about you every week, a lot of times, our friend. Uh, so the Mozcast is actually uh, what the tool is that uh, that sort of caught this um, re- rebound uh, as covered in this article. So check that out. And I, I do recall personally, uh, you know, over the past couple of years that it's been very volatile uh, with these uh, in-depth articles and that they certainly have dropped out um, at one point, too. Uh, I can't remember how long ago it was, but uh, I remember being in a training session and trying to pull up an example and it being kind of frustrating. So uh, and. And then the fact that it would uh, change, you know, between uh, lined, uh, you know, separated sort of set. Uh, but you can always easily spot these in-depth articles, and they're certainly a viable SEO strategy. Um, so glad to see they're back. The last topic we'll quickly cover on before break is um, the sort of what we just hit on in the first topic a little bit. But there's a great conversation over at webmasterworld.com. PPC spend impacting SEO CTR, which is click-through rate, for generic terms. So uh, what's going on here, Frank, Mr. Uh, former and still often PPCer? Yeah, I mean, this one, basically, the, the, this person came, came up, uh, Lexo or whatever his name is. He's, he's been around on uh, Webmaster World for a while. He brought up the, the fact that because he had his PPC up, he was noticing a direct decrease and quite a substantial decrease. Uh, he was getting, he was sitting in the number one spot in organic and getting about a 35% click through rate. When he put up some PPC ads, all of a sudden that click through rate on the organic side dropped to 20%. So, you know, and, and that sort of contradicts the Google's reports and other people's surveys that if you have both the click-through rates of both go up because it adds to the authority of your overall perception in the search results. So it's interesting, too, because it doesn't mention how the data is uh, actually measured. I would assume they're looking at the data within Search Console and then calculating what the impressions were based on maybe the PPC impression data or or a combination of the two, or one or the other. Uh, I, it, it's, I think it's, it's interesting that they're measuring it that way and that they're able to see that. But I would love to see um, you know, more data on this to really quantify, because that's, uh, um, you know, it's, and I haven't had a chance to read through um, um, you know, the, the, the entire forum post uh, thread here, which I, I'm trying to catch up as I'm talking, obviously. Uh, so check it out. Um, yeah, I mean, it's basically a conversation between the guy and uh, Robert Charlton, who's, you know, he's one of the moderators over there. and he's Great you know, guy. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, 
Very but smart. Yes, it's been it's been recognized that if you had or it was thought to believe, you know, if you had both, you got lift. But it's interesting now because you know there was no mention in it of whether or not he was seeing the longer uh, titles, which may directly have gone here. You go. So, and this only came out yesterday or the day before. So. Well, I've logged in, and I'm going to make sure to follow this thread, uh, and, and maybe we will end up talking about it again on a future show. Let's go ahead and take a break for now, and we'll be right back with you here at Cranberry.fm with SEO Rockstar. We'll be back with more SEO Rockstars right after this. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean, converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PPC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Now, let's get back to jamming and spamming with the SEO rock stars. Oh, yeah. We're jamming on cranberry.fm. So the SEO stuff, let's get into this. Uh, we did already hit the one quick hit, about 50% of adults allegedly not understanding what ads are ads and which are organic. Um, a quick disclaimer, LSEO.com has an article uh, published today, Five Essentials to Creating a Content Strategy, that Mr. Watson, Aussie Webmaster, pulled into play here for our topics today. It just so happens that LSEO is a client of mine. In fact, they're one of my biggest clients, and uh, you might even find my face uh, uh, filling a certain role for them. Uh, so uh, just as a disclaimer, I'm not trying to pitch our own site here. In fact, the author, Mandy Pennington, works for a completely different agency. So uh, LSEO blog has has a pretty good article here uh, in regards to creating a content strategy. And it's outlined uh, with five um, uh, specific essentials, uh, a SWOT analysis, personas and audience research, goals and objectives, inventory and execution lists, and measurements. So 
Let's talk through this because I think, uh, you know, I was just on the phone earlier on today with someone talking about how content marketing is cer- certainly still the core element of SEO. I mean, uh, you know, they they were talking to me uh, and, and some others about our, our competency in technical SEO and we're wondering, hey, can you guys do content marketing as well? And we said, yeah, you know, we look at technical first because it's the foundation, right? So, but content is and has to be as an SEO, uh, you know, core element. Uh, it's really what it is. It's SEO program, right? I would say technical SEO fits into a project style where you have to have a content program. So, Creating a content strategy. What's the use of the SWOT analysis here, Frank? And well, how do I mean, you like to do basi- that? Yeah, I mean, basically, it talks about what, ways that you can come up with content if you're writing content for the informational side of it. And you were talking, and, and I agree with you very much, and, and what happens a lot of times is people differentiate. They think of content more as like news or information and things like that. But what we've also got to realize is content is everything that's written on your website. So the content part of a product page is the description and how that's written and the consideration of calls to action and, and good adjectives and all those little subtle psychological things that help convert when you're on that page. Uh, whereas here with the, the SWOT analysis, uh, Mandy's talking mainly about ways of coming up with content, which means look at the strengths and the weaknesses, the S and the W of, of your products and, and talk about them, be honest and open about them. Look at the opportunities of, of being able to use them or, or things you haven't quite implemented yet or ideas that you've had. You know, look at those as, as areas where you can go and then look at threats and how you address them. You know, look at your competitors, see what they're doing or look at yep. some sort of weakness that you've, you've seen in, in your information process or your product that you need to address. And, and you know, it's, it's not a bad little acronym that you can use to sort of get the creative juices flowing to come up with ideas for content. Yeah, and actually, you know, between this one and then the creating inventory later, uh, there's something that I like to do that, uh, you know, you take sitemaps essentially of other competitors uh, in the space and identify, uh, start to create lines of similar content and, and similar sections, right? So you should then be able to immediately see any weaknesses that you have from a content perspective if you're missing an entire category or an entire yeah, subcategory. So uh, in terms of the personas and audience research, I think that we ballyhoo this all the time as an important part of SEO in 2016 is that if you're not creating content for your audience, Google's smart enough to know that, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's reflected in the fact that you have a higher bounce rate, that the time on pages is shorter, the number of pages that, that you know, you that are engaged with on each visit are shorter. So, yeah, I mean, you definitely – but that's – therein lies the rub. You want to be able to have, if the landing page is generalized, you want to make sure that there are directions off of that page to specific types of content that address the different personas. And you've got you know, people that are in the research mode, people that want uh, product speci- speci- uh, specifications, or you know, pricing comparison, those sort of things. So it depends on where the person is and what what persona they are when they come to your Good site. Good point. 
I like that. And you almost have to create little calls to actions or paths or funnels, you know, to make sure that those uh, people that are looking for the different, slightly different uh, content could find it. I think what we've seen over the last years is that a common positive user experience for an e-commerce page, for example, is to have a description and then you tab if you want to see reviews or or the specifications like the size and the height and the width and all that, you actually have to do an on-click tab through. Um, so does that make sense still? And then obviously, as we're talking about SEO here, uh, you know, we got to think about whether Google's going to see that content. Uh, as a quick aside, you know, last, late last year, they talked about how if content required a click-through or user action, that they may not consider it part of that particular page anymore, which was a stab, you know, to some SEOs that were using that tab. Uh, but I've seen mixed results there and I've seen reviews, for example, I was just looking to try to figure out if the reviews were indexed on a particular page uh, and it was tabbed, right? So it turned out that they were indexed and I've seen the other side of it too where there's tab content that's not indexed. Maybe it's duplicate or weak content and that's why. But the point is, um, you know, understanding um, how to get your audience to the right content that they want is very important, like you're, you're saying, Frank. Just because you get them there, uh, you want to make sure that you're still providing the right paths. And I think that falls under the goals and objectives, really. Yeah. Let's skip to the uh, inventory and execution list because I think that this is important, especially depending on the size of a, a, a business that you are and whether you have an agency supporting you or a consultant or maybe you're using some outside writers or, or mommy bloggers or whatever. Uh, how do you set up that execution list and, and timing and, and turnaround for reviews and reporting and, and approvals and stuff, right? Yeah, uh, you know, and both of us have wrote for Search Engine Watch when – Danny Goodwin was there and his implementation of his editorial calendar was extraordinarily effective. And I think that's whether, whether you're going to write two articles a week or four articles a month or whatever the number is or one a day. Yeah. You should sort of prep what the topics are going to be so that you're not last minute every time you have to write an article. Oh my God, what am I going to do? Spend a little time have a look and create an inventory. And, and then as you're doing your various things, you can you know, gather, oh, yeah, that'd be good for this article. And you can gather references and you can you know, get some concepts together. And that way you're not just doing it fresh every time. And I, you know, it gives you an inventory and execution list. Yeah, and I think that you just touched on an important piece, and I think what we'll probably do is go to break after this topic. Uh, and, you know, the, the important thing is that there are different types of content execution, right? There's the content execution against your main brand topics and content, and maybe you have like some sort of a knowledge type of center or, uh, you know, education area or whatever, where you're keeping deeper content that could maybe even rank for in-depth articles, right? Uh, and then you also have a blog typically, right? So those to me need to be differentiated. And, and what you're talking about, I think, comes into play also, especially when you're talking about blogging, because you need to have the inspiration and, and good topics to write about. But it's important to keep some of those what I call wildcard spots open there too, so that in your blog content creation strategy, you have the ability to immediately leap on a current topic uh, that that makes sense to tie into your industry and create something, right? Because you have to, uh, as much as you're being structured about this, uh, my my recommendation is that you also have to leave open time too, right, Frank? For yeah, that, I, absolutely. And sometimes you just push the calendar back a day or two when you come across stuff 
that needs to be addressed. And and in this article, they also talk about things like FAQs. So I mean, there, you know, there, there's a million different types of content, and uh, you, know, you should have a look at what your competitors do. Have a look at what people outside of your industry are doing for creating different types of of content, and use that. And it all adds to places where you can rank and drive more traffic to your website and be more successful. Yep. So check that out. LSEO.com, five essentials to creating a content strategy by Mandy Pennington. We're going to take another break and then we'll be right back with you. So stay with us here on SEO Rockstar. We'll be back with more SEO Rockstars right after this. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investments. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. WebmasterRadio.fm is now Cranberry Radio. Online 24-7 at Cranberry.fm. Let's get back to jamming and spamming with the SEO Rockstar. All right. Uh, once again, it's May 3rd, 2016. Uh, I'm wondering if we're going to start hearing some more cranberry jams like the cranberries. <laughs> um, I think we should probably cue that up, or maybe there's some sort of legalese you got to stay away from with that. Uh, one thing, we, we're going to have to skip one topic that's on here that Frank and I literally could probably speak to at least 10 minutes, and maybe we come back to it another time. It's a great article over at Similar Web uh, talking about Amazon's SEO strategy. Uh, so for anyone that's out there that might be trying to sell stuff on Amazon, it would be important to understand. I think there's a great point about that at the end of the article. Uh, but it's a, it's a fascinating article that we just don't have time to get into today. And news uh, gets made all the time. Uh, moving along. Yeah, I, go I, ahead, I, Frank. We jump on that. Really, if you're an SEO or for that matter, you're doing any sort of online marketing, you want to have an overview of traffic. Similar web, I think, is really overtaking what Alexa used to do. 
for giving you, you know, some broad stroke information about rankings. It looks like they're using some Alexa thing, but they're actually giving you the traffic numbers. The one thing that we always did when we looked at Alexa was they'd go up and down, but they'd never tell you specifically volume, whereas SimilarWeb will give you the actual traffic volume and, and rough numbers. So it, it's a kind of cool tool. Yeah, and I think, you know, there, just since we're on it now, the top 20 Amazon search keywords in there, uh, it, you know, it's, it's not surprising, uh, that they're all like Amazon, uh, included, um, which to, to me is a testament of Amazon's brand. But check that article out. We got some nerdy stuff that we got to hit. Uh, one of yeah. them is that you may have a little surprise in your search console. Uh, yesterday, John Mueller shared publicly at Google Plus, that uh, they're expanding, experimenting with a revamped version of the mobile-friendly test, and it's eventually going to become part of the search console, right? So uh, what they've done is, it, to, to me, it looks a little bit like a compilation of the mobile-friendly search test that you get uh, along with a, uh, the test that you can do uh, that used to be PageSpeed Insights. Um, and, and in fact, it provides some direction coming out of it that leads you back in those directions. So, uh, I think it's going to be useful for a lot of, um, web designers or people that are, that uh, yeah. are, are managing cool. search console that aren't really sure what to do and how to do it as being a, another set of arrows. Yeah. Well, I also think that they're going to add in the, uh, AMP information once they've got that stuff down a little more. Well, and, and hopefully some other tests too, yeah. right? Because there's other stuff in there. Uh, there's one thing, for example, like the duplicate content um, stuff that you get. Like if you could know when you're running a, 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 t a page through a test at Google Search Console, um, one thing about that URL, why not know anything else that Search Console can provide you? Like, for example, is that URL in a list that says they have duplicate meta descriptions, right? Um, to me, then you're starting to get to more of an enterprise level tool that's out there on the market, right? You look at the, the conductors, LinkedIn, Bright Edge, and all them, they're combining a lot of information. So maybe to me, this is a step towards becoming more of an enterprise style search console uh, that includes uh, a, a more of an all in one type of uh, um, uh, plug in, plug in a URL and see what it tells you, right? Yeah. And then so the, the next, next one go ahead. is uh, th this one's pretty interesting, that Google manually penalized 500 sites per hour. Per hour? In 2015, according to uh, Barry over at uh, the <laughs> Roundtable. I had this sudden vision of a hand slapping back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and then just times a thousand. A uh, big Google hand. No, no. I mean, this is – so, I mean, you've got to figure – how many can an individual do in an hour? And that's per hour, 24 hours a day. That, it's just insane. Well, it's, it's quite a team that they have out there. And, uh, you know, you have to wonder how much, if they're able to do that much, it really has to be a pretty quick precursory glance for the humans that are doing it. And, and that the machine is pretty probably right if it's already gone through it. And the manual because I don't think that's ma all manual website reports, right? It, it's based on probably flags that are sent from the algorithm, uh, as I imagine. I uh, haven't read the article. Yeah. No, exactly. I mean, that's – so in other words, it's, it was 4.3 million manual actions were taken in 2015. So um, don't feel bad if you got hit with one or two yeah. because just the sheer volume says that – It's like a scratch. <laughs> 
It shows you've been out walking around in the woods. Um, Our last topic for the day, and we probably have time for a quick hat tip, is prominence as a new local SEO ranking signal. By the way, that last article, um, did you uh, mention that it was from the Search Engine Roundtable and our friend Barry Schwartz again? Okay, great. So this one has to do from Search Engine Journal, uh, local prominence as a new local ranking signal. Uh, so as an SEO enthusiast, Anna Crow has written a good article. Uh, tell us about it, Frank. Yeah, I mean, this one, if you're into local, you should take the time to read this because it does go through and line out a lot of different factors uh, to that you should touch on if you're doing local search and you know, just mentions about being in the right directories and not shotgunning into all of them, but being into the relevant and localized ones for you. Uh, yeah, the, the usual suspects of making sure that your NAP name, address, and phone number are consistent across listings. Uh, when you, when you put yourself into Google, my business, you make sure that you're, you know, you, you use the right categories and things like that. It's a really good walkthrough <clears throat> and it brings up examples and things like that. So it, it's, it's an excellent article, I agree, and it's quite long. Um, I recommend printing it out and, and checking it out and also checking these links. Uh, there's AMP in there. Uh, one high-level thing that I want to comment on is that I 100% agree with uh, you know, the theory uh, of prominence and, and local uh, you know, positioning. I, I do, however, um, still see, unfortunately, uh, some tactics working, uh, especially like if you're talking about, for example, um, a, a, a retailer in HVAC or, or something like that uh, that uh, does service calls and, and installations and stuff in a particular uh, maybe city. Uh, and what I'm still seeing in play and, and seems to be quite effective are the little mini pages that describe how they do the same thing in every little neighborhood in the area, right? Which to me, if, if the Google Pan algorithm was accurate, um, it would probably uh, consider those pages as duplicate. But what those pages are doing is they're able to rank pretty well in those uh, surrounding areas of a city, right? So uh, well, there's stuff depends, like that. I think what happens with those is depends on whether or not anyone else is doing the same thing or if anyone else is in that particular neighborhood. That's, that's the one flaw in the system is you go to any, you know, like, for example, New York, you've got all the different suburbs out on Long Island. You've got all the different uh, community names in Manhattan itself. Right. And unless your business is very specifically there. Well, that's my point is that it's their, it's their fallback, right? And, and if you don't have a physical address that they can validate with Google My Business, you can still slip in with one of these type of pages exactly. if there's not enough competition. So yeah. great article, and I'm glad uh, we agree on that little uh, loophole, as it were. Uh, so for those of you uh, in the local space, definitely take advantage of some testing. Uh, we have come to the end of our show here on cranberry.fm. SEO Rockstars is always happy to have you listen to us. Check us out at uh, Facebook.com slash SEO Rockstars. And we're also on Twitter. And Frank, have a wonderful week. Let's rock on. You too, man.
The opinions expressed on this Cranberry Radio program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry Media. Any redistribution of this content without proper consent is prohibited.